Uh, hey, hug someone's neck on your way down. Say hi to them. Hey, no kissing, weirdos. Oh, man, it's good to be with y'all. Y'all feel good? Had a good week so far? So no one? Cool. Hey, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's, what's, what's your name in the second row right here? What's your name? What is it? Shay? The Lord's working on you. I can see it. Don't. Yeah. And uh, don't be, whatever the Lord's trying to speak to you and do in your life, don't be afraid of it. Like the Lord's, Lord's going to call you to something new and to a step of faith. And don't be afraid of it. Because if, if you're in the will of God, he's going to go with you. He'll go before you. He'll go behind you. He'll go beside you. So have faith in this next step. Come on. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, welcome to Young Adults. Uh, so we're in a new series called Defining Decade. And last week I, was such a powerful week. I believe the Lord spoke in, in such an amazing and, and powerful way. And we talked about building your foundation. And we talked about how the world cares about how tall your structure is, but the kingdom of God cares how deep your foundation is. And that God doesn't, isn't concerned with what you do, but God is more concerned with who you're becoming. And we live in a fast-paced world that is pushing us to, to move through this life fast and to build this structure um, and to get our name out there and, and, and be something. But the Lord is saying that in your 20s, the most transformative time of your life, creating a foundation so that you can stand upon a foundation and you pay now or you pay later. <laughs> but your 20s is a time to say, God, I trust you with my life. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to do everything I can in my power to build the greatest foundation so that you can fully use me and so I can be fully effective for the kingdom of God. Amen. So tonight is, is a special night. Tonight's going to be a little bit different. Um, you know, we were thinking about it last week. It, it kind of stirred up a lot of things in a lot of people. And I think in your 20s, your 20s is such an interesting time of life, like we talked about last week. Some of the most defining events that you'll experience in your life happen in your 20s. And, and it's such a, an amazing time of life, but a very confusing time of life. And a time of life of trying to figure out, man, who am I? What am I supposed to do? Who's God calling me to be? Um, what can I get away with? <laughs> right? Come on, somebody. Um, and so we were talking as a team. And we're, we got so many questions and so many people talking that we, we thought, you know what, instead of just having one person stand up and give kind of one thought that maybe we could kind of cast a net out and, and kind of hit as many people with as many different things as possible. And so we have some amazing people that we're friends with that are on our staff um, that have, have gone through their 20s and had kind of figured it out and not, not really. Um, by no means are, are we experts, but, but I, I picked some people to be a part of, of this, uh, this group discussion tonight. We're just going to take like 35 minutes, 30, 35 minutes to just kind of talk. Um, and people that have different stories, different backgrounds, people who got saved at different times, people who um, experienced their 20s in such a different way. And I'm believing uh, that there's going to be like prophetic words that are spoken up here tonight, that there's going to be words of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And... And so I feel like there's going to be people on here that are going to share such a similar story with you in so many ways. And so tune in to, to what they have to say. And by no means are we saying tonight that, uh, man, that we have all the answers uh, by no means, dear Lord, by no means. Um, but we just want to at least kind of cast out a net and try to answer as many questions. And so on Instagram, uh, we had a lot of people that, that submitted a ton of questions. Some of y'all submitted really stupid questions, but uh, a good amount of you submitted some really good questions. And so we're going to talk about those tonight. And then with that, uh, we're going to, if you want to text, if you want to throw that number up here. Um, so if you want to text your questions, if during this discussion at all, you're like, man, I really have a, a, a good question, not a dumb one. All right. Uh, a good question that I would love for them to kind of talk through tonight. If you text that number, uh, 720-336-9557, for those of you that are uh, challenged with your eyes, I'll read it for you. Just text that, and uh, we'll try to answer as many questions as possible. Uh, but tonight, uh, we have an amazing few people that are going to be coming up here on stage with us, and I'll introduce them in a minute. So YA, can you please 
put your hands together for our panel tonight. Come on, give it up for them. Let's go. Come on. band we rehearsed that no we don't rehearse anything it's just all raw talent um hey why don't y'all uh introduce yourselves to everyone who you are and what you do oh classic classic connor not turn on his mic oh it's on all right um there we go nope. all right here we go. <laughs> sick my name is connor Nice to meet you guys. Hey! Uh, I work in Young Adults, and I also, my wife and I, Erin, give everybody a wave, babe. Give them a wave. I just whistled. Sorry. My two baby girls right there. Oh, hey. And my wife and my baby. There we go. Um, and then my wife and I run the Leadership College together. So, interns, give it up. Yes. All right. All right, I am Whitney, and I'm actually not... 30 yet, Andrew Oh, Patron, I didn't say Oh, sorry, okay. So Oops. I'm still in my 20s. Mm, sorry, ladies, um, scary. But no, I work on our central youth team. I plan all of our events. It's so much fun. And then Conrad and I, um, we're planted in our Littleton campus yeah. and get to pastor that campus. Meathead. That's what I do. Hi, I'm Jericho. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Thanks, babe. Um, I am one of the worship leaders here also at the Littleton campus, so shout out. Um, that's what I do. I sing songs. And what, what else? Unto God. What else? It's my wife, by the way. Dear Lord, come on. I threw you a softball. Gosh, what do I got to do to get some love around here? Um, so we'll kind of just fire, fire off some questions. One of the biggest questions that, that people were asking was, What's, what was like your, your absolute favorite part of, of your 20s? Okay, this is easy. I have loved my 20s. Best part, getting married, obviously. Making adult decisions, like getting puppies. Um, but ultimately, I feel like the, my favorite part about my 20s is really understanding like how God has made me and loving it. Like I love how God's made me. So I feel more myself than I ever have in my whole life. So That's awesome. Oh, gosh. Best part, I would say um, birthing a child was pretty great. I don't know why I say things so weird. My bad. I had a baby, <laughs> and it was great. Probably that. Yeah. All right. Uh, best part of my 20s, uh, I would definitely say getting married. I got married before I turned 30, so that was a goal. Um, check that. Uh, moving out to Colorado, uh, it was one of the closest times I ever felt to God. I knew literally zero people here, and I felt like God was like, I'm going to move you out to Denver, and I've got a reason. I'm just not going to tell you, and so I was like, all right, uh, I'm going to do it, and so yeah, getting married and, and kind of taking that leap of faith of moving out to Denver and, and starting a life out here, so yeah. It's awesome. It's great. Love it. Um, so here, here's our first question. I want, I want to ask Connor. This is a funny one. I like this. Uh, people say your 20s are about having experiences and traveling, but I have $27 to my name. How do I do that with no money? Come on. Can I get an amen? Anybody? Yes. That's me. I'm 31. Dear Lord. <laughs> Put the mic away. All right. All right. You're broke in your 20s, you wanna travel and experience life. Here would be my suggestion for you. It's kind of twofold. Um, go for it, travel, have fun, but also set goals for yourself. And this is what I mean. Who has ever been on a trip that you can't afford? Anybody, you've just taken the leap and you've done it. Does it not suck while you're on that trip Literally, you're calculating every single dollar like, you spend, yeah. and you're like, all right, if I go 
and I, I get a drink or I, I buy this meal, then that means I'm probably not going to eat next week when I get home. And like, and so here, here's what I mean when I say set goals. I would say, man, experience life. Like, go out, do some fun things. But maybe your 20s isn't your time to go to Spain. Maybe it's your time to go to the Springs. You know what I mean? Like, go out with some friends, do some fun things. But, man, have some goals. Because let me tell you, the best trip you'll ever take might not be in your 20s, but it might be in your 30s or your 40s where right. your bills are paid, your groceries are covered, you can pay for that flight in cash, and you're not calculating every single dollar that, is, that you're racking up on your credit card on that trip. And so have fun, enjoy life, but set some goals for yourself and, and stick to those. So that'd kind of be my my word of advice to that situation. No, yeah, that's, that's good. Yeah, and I, I think uh, me, me and my wife, you know, when, when we were, when we first got married, I was 23, she was 22, we met with a financial advisor. Um, and the guy was like, I uh, really can't do anything with this right here. Uh, but, but we decided we we're gonna, we're gonna tithe 10% to the church and we we're gonna save 10%. And, and that's been something that um, for the past eight years of our life that we've done. So uh, your foundation right now, right? Um, this, this one is, is, is a great one. Uh, what, was, what was the absolute, like, toughest part of your 20s? Um, the toughest part is so easy to say. I wish it was harder to say, but um, was definitely, like, losing my mom. So my mom passed away when I had just turned 24, so of breast cancer. So um, a couple of takeaways I got from that season, it was the most challenging, and it still is. Like, there's still some times I'm like really sad or mad or frustrated, irritated, whatever. Um, but I, f I felt like two things, like major themes that I learned in that season was number one, um, be really vulnerable, like have a close group of friends like around you um, and be vulnerable, like share things that are hard to share. Like I remember um, right around the time my mom got diagnosed, I was an early or late teenager. And um, I really did think at one point, I was like, no one will ever understand me, ever, no one. Um, and a friend actually challenged me right before um, Connor and I got married and she was just like, listen, and she walked through a similar season with her husband and she's like, you might hurt his feelings, but you need to say the hard thing and let him in and share things that, like, yeah, I'm mad at you. Don't take my time away from my mom in these last couple weeks or um, whatever. And also share with your friends and, like, have grace on them. They're going to say really dumb things. Like, I'm really mad at my mom. And you're like, I wish I had a mom. Like, ah. So just, yeah, like, have grace. And number two, this is the biggest lesson I've learned. Um, I was actually talking to my sister about it before I got here. And she's like, man, we just wish that time would, like, stand still, and it doesn't. And um, so I went to Scott Brubman, actually. He's, like, one of our, he's the founder of this church. And he gave me some really practical advice, and he said this. And he said, you know what? Time will never stop. So here's what you need to do. Every day, at least set aside eight minutes. Eight minutes to an hour. And don't go longer than an hour. And that is your eight minutes to do whatever you want. Whether you're crying, doing literally nothing, as long as you're not on your phone or reading or just sitting there in silence or um, yelling, crying, whatever. Give yourself eight minutes. Um, and he really challenged me with that. And I can say, like, I did that. And I don't feel, like, victimized by, um, yeah, loss or trauma in my life. It's very traumatic. Um, but, yeah, I feel like there's healing. And I was, there's healing in talking to my closest friends about it, and there's also healing in um, personally doing the work to um, get through a tough time. I love Whitney. I'm just like, <laughs> tell me all the things. Um, I think the hardest thing that I went through in my 20s was alongside of having a baby. We also, I think some of you probably know this um, story, and I won't go in depth, but we had a lot of health complications with our son, and um, ultimately, we almost lost him a couple of times. And um, that was just, like, I never saw that coming. And I think um, when you go through trauma, it's, 
as an adult, especially for some reason, I, I didn't feel quite as resilient as maybe I did in my like childhood. It was just like, wait, what? This isn't how it was supposed to be. And now um, a byproduct of going through that, um, I struggled really, really bad with anxiety. And um, I just, I kind of like spun out of control for a while and not even like being able to identify like what was happening. Um, and so I think, I think I learned, gosh, to just be honest with myself. I, I kind of had to hit rock bottom to figure out that I was even like in a bad spot because I'm such like, I'm an Enneagram 7 for any of you who care. But um, so I just, man, I just like buried it deep down and like never dealt with it. And then I was like at rock bottom and like could barely leave my house. Um, and could, I, like, couldn't have anyone over to our house. And it was just, so I think, I think for me, just the, the unexpected of that was kind of the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, no, and, and, like, she, like, put her head down and she, like, fought, fought for herself. And I think that a lot of people in this season can find yourself in a, in a really, let's be honest, really crappy season of life. Um, but it's something about, like, I, I say this to a lot of people every day, like, just keep showing up. Like, the enemy hates when you keep showing up. Like, a righteous man may fall seven times, but keeps on rising, right? Like, just keep showing up day by day, brick by brick. I probably said that to at least a 1,000 of you in this place, right? Like, just keep showing up uh, in your darkest moment, like, day by day, brick by brick, because uh, those bricks will compound, and then all of a sudden you'll get to a season of life where things feel a little bit easier. Yeah, and sorry, I will say it too, like, with keep showing up, like, I think part of that for me was realizing, I think I learned this, like, in my 20s, that being honest with God is really important, and I just was really, really angry for a really long time, and I was just ruthless, like, sorry, God, <laughs> but I was, like, and I had to do that, like, you have to, in order to grow, you have to, like, push yourself, and, and push yourself with the Lord to, like, keep showing up in that way, because he can handle it, so. Yeah, come on, it's great. Um, a couple questions that, that came, came in, uh, why are adult friendships so hard? <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly floating group to group because nothing sticks and becomes rooted. People are moving, people are changing, uh, and the most they'll ever change. How do I do that? And then another question that someone had sent in, I've been running with the same people for a while, but I know that they're not pushing me in the right direction. And so what is the right thing for me to do? Connor, you want to jump in that? Yeah, I think, I think as you get older and you're, you're in your 20s, you're learning not just who you are, but who you want to become. Right. Um, there's, there's a difference between relationships and then intentional relationships. Like, how many people have uh, friends from high school that, like, when you go back home, they're just kind of doing the same thing that they're, like, they've been doing since, like, ninth grade and, like... You, you love those people, you care about those people, but you're like, man, like, you're not kind of helping me become who the person that I'm like trying to be. Like, I'm trying to grow in my faith, I'm trying to grow in my career and my passions, and like, you guys are still playing Mario Kart, or like, whatever, like, and so what I would say, <laughs> somebody like just get called out for Mario Kart, like. Who is it, yeah, who is point it? Point him out, let's. Oh, uh, Stan, Stan. Mario Kart shame. Just kidding. Mario Kart's the best, Who's bro. Who's your favorite character? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> no shame, hey, homie. I love it. it. <laughs> no, but, but here, here's funny. what I'm saying is like, man, it, it's going to take onus on your part to say, this is who I want to be. I want to be more like Jesus. And then I want to be like this person. I want to have a career like that or a family like that or friendships like that. And then it's going to take you being a big boy and a big girl and like going and, and making that happen, like asking somebody to go get coffee, like asking somebody to mentor you or, or speak into your life. I know for me, Scott Brugman is like, I consider him a close friend, but I also consider him a pastor. And I love Scott and he's one of the nicest people ever, but I, I had to pursue that relationship with him. Um, I had to step out and be like, man, I want my life to like imitate your life. And so I think, I think there just comes a time where it's like, you don't have to ditch your friends. You don't have to, you know, whatever, like get rid of them necessarily, but be intentional as you get older about who you hang out with. Because it's cliche, but I feel like it's true. 
you know, you want to see where you're at in five to ten years, who are the five closest people you surround yourself with? Right. That's, that's a good indication of where you're going to end up and where you're going to be. And so if you love Mario Kart, I mean, hey, surround yourself with Mario Kart players. But I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Sorry. I'm not trying to keep it on. No, that's awesome. Uh, a question that has come in a couple of times, uh, how did Andrew get Jerrica? Forget y'all. Yeah. I worked hard. Worked hard. Manipulation. <laughs> Lies. Deceit. <laughs> and some other things. <laughs> it's fine. I love it. People are like, you're different now that we got married. You're like, yeah, no crap. Like, you weren't sleeping next to me every single night, all right? No, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, this one, uh, more days than not, I feel absolutely exhausted balancing work, finances, and social life. How do I choose what to prioritize? I blame Connor. He turned the mic off. <laughs> um, so I love this question because everyone is so different. So my threshold is way different than Erin's threshold. So she would call me the Energizer Bunny. Man, I, if FOMO, if I could have a tattoo, it'd be FOMO written on my head, like tattooed on my forehead. So I Anybody really else FOMO? <laughs> come on, it's real. It's real. Yeah. It's a real thing. Um, so, yeah, I just want to go and go and go and go and go and go to the next thing and do this and find this. And um, I realized actually once, I think Garden City was on your reading, summer reading list, correct? Yes. Oh, okay. So if you haven't read that book, man, you're missing out. So I read that book, and um, there's a part that talks about uh, Sabbath and what that means. And I just don't, if I'm being honest, I don't like rest like, I don't really want to stop going. And so when I read that book, there's a part that talks basically about, like, um, rest is actually doing things that you really enjoy doing. So from um, taking, like, a full day. And so for me, I love shopping. I love cleaning out my closet. What else do I love? Hanging out with my dogs. Just all the things. So that's So I found, like, time to, like, be, like, say no to some things, to actually do things I really enjoy doing. Does that answer the question? Oh, amazing. I love it. Um, this, this, this is a good one for, for my wife here. Uh, <laughs> I, I honestly just want to party and have fun in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you choose me for this? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, You're hey. seven, right? You're seven. Uh, I honestly just want to have, I just want to party and have fun in my 20s. Am I wrong for doing that? Careful, babe. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Why would you give this to me? I'm like the worst. I'm like, yes, you should. Um, She's uh, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, yes. I, I actually like, <laughs> I mean, hopefully who. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really stumped right now. Okay. I would say this. I would say this because I am always down for just like having fun. Good. Ask my friends. Like I always want to go out and like just have fun and be light and whatever. But um, I would say if that's the focus of every day of your life is like waiting for the weekend or waiting for the next party, or waiting for the next boy, waiting for the next girl, like um, that, that is not the purpose that God wrote on your life. And we were ultimately not created actually for like, like even... We were created for a relationship with, with each other, but first we were created for a relationship with God, and God ultimately designed us to just worship him. Like, that was our first purpose, was to just be worshipers of God. Um, and then everything else kind of falls into line. So if, if your goal every day is to just have a good time, live your best life, like, okay, I'm here for it. But also, like, remember that there's legitimate purpose written into your DNA that God wants to use you in bigger ways and, and maybe just shift your focus to be a little bit more balancing, like balance yourself out where it's like if your tendency is to just want to go to the next party and do the next thing, like just remember that like your dead end job that you hate, there's actually purpose for you being there. 
and there's actually people around you that, that God is like trying as believers. He's like, I can use you. I can use you to speak into them. And, and so take your purpose seriously. Right. No, that's good. And, and I think a lot about what we talked about last week is like the, the kind of habits that you create in your 20s. I, I think that sometimes we just think that um, my habits, I'm forming these habits, but once I get to like a different stage of life, once I turn 30 or once I get married, like things just begin to change. And, and the reality is like one of the questions was, well, things that stress me out so bad in my 20s continue to stress me out in my 30s. And, and here's, here's a, a good thought for this, that new levels, new devils. Okay, so like you, you, you get to like new levels of life, you get to new seasons of life, um, just new things happen. Like for, for everything that I, that I thought that I wouldn't struggle with anymore, like it's, it's like the, the enemies will just replace it with something new. Um, you, you, in one season you really dealt with, with lust or something like that, well, the, the, you might have pushed through that, but then in your 30s it's gonna be something new. And, and so I think that always understand that it's, it's new stresses, new things in life, um, but, but understanding that like your, your 20s are such a defining moment for you just to choose that this is who I'm gonna be. I'm gonna fight for this um, and, and just trusting that as I do that, like things will begin to change and, and life will begin to um, be a little bit more clear, right? Um, and and, and some of that, that Jerrica said is I think a, a, a big thing that we, we got a lot of questions for is, is really what's like the difference between my my purpose and, and my passion. Like, I, I'm really passionate about a lot of things, but is, is, is my passion my, my purpose? Like, do I live for my passions? Um, and, and I think Connor, Connor has a lot of cool thoughts on, like, on your passion and, and your purpose. He just gave me a look, like, do I? Um, yeah, so, like, what's, what's the difference in this season of life of, of pursuing passions and, and purpose, and how does that correspond? I can't remember what the professor's name was. Um, I would shout him out because he gave me a load of anxiety in college. But he was just like, he's like, man, like, I, or maybe it was like a guidance counselor or something, like picking a major. Because they were like, all right, this is what you're studying to do for the rest of your life. And you're like, wait, what? Like, my parents still pay for my gas. Like, I'm, how do I make that choice? Um, but no, I feel like in our 20s, there's so much pressure to discover your purpose. And like, is anybody else a four on the Enneagram? Any fours in here? You, you wrestle in your fifis about purpose and meaning. And I get it. I'm a four. Like, what are fifis? Your feelings? Oh, really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wait, I've gone 31 years, and I didn't know fifis were feelings. Yes. I literally thought like feces, fifis, fifis. Oh. Wow. Yes, you agree? Yes, thank you, one person. If you're wrestling in your feces, that's a whole different... Hey, some people topic. are doing some weird things, right? Dear yeah. Lord. Yeah, yeah. Well, every time people said that, I was like, really? Yes. You've got your other good things. You do you, right? Your emotions. If you're a four, okay. you're like, Sorry. God, why am I here? Like, what's my purpose? And like, I think like... <laughs> I'm watching too much Aziz Ansari or something, but no... So one thing, I, tr I truly believe this is true. If you're in here, um, write this down. I should charge you for this, but this is, this is totally free. I'm gonna tell every single one of you your purpose in life right now. And I mean this, I'm not kidding. The, the older you get, you'll discover that this is true. There's a threefold purpose to your life, and genuinely, this is all that matters with your life. Meet Jesus, every day grow to know Jesus better, and then share Jesus with other people. That, that is genuinely right. your That's purpose good. in life. Yeah. That is why God put you here. If you don't know Jesus, even if you don't care about Jesus, if you came here because your friend lied to you, whatever, and you're here, guess what? That is still your purpose. Like, our hope is that you will meet Jesus tonight, you will daily grow in that, and then you'll share Jesus with others. From, the, from right now to you are 99 years old, that is your purpose in life. Yeah, and here's good. what's cool. Then you kind of get to explore your passions. Like, I think a lot of people have these, like, midlife crisis or, like, I don't know, you see, like, celebrities, like, falling off the deep end because something that they thought was their purpose in life sort of fails them, and they don't have fulfillment in that. And then when, when that kind of gets taken away, they're like, oh, my gosh, like, that's why I was here. That's why I was put on this earth. I was supposed to be an actor or a singer or a writer or a teacher. And when that gets taken away from you, 
your world shatters because you've, you've mistaken a passion with a purpose. When yeah, you know your purpose, your passions are free to kind of jump around and explore like, wow. oh, I think I want to be a doctor. Okay, that's awesome. I want to heal people. I want to know Jesus and show Jesus' love and his healing to people through being a doctor. Maybe, maybe that changes. Oh, maybe I want to be a teacher. I want to be a stay-at-home parent or whatever. Like, purpose doesn't change. And in your 20s, it's really cool because you have the freedom to, to know your purpose, to get that out of the way, all that stress, all that anxiety. And there's a freedom in your 20s to be like, okay, now what am I passionate about? Because passions are free to change, not right. throughout your 20s, but That's all good. throughout your life. But when your purpose is consistent, you're not gonna have these existential crisis of like, who am I when this is taken away from me? Or why am I here? Because you'll know why you're here and what you're supposed to do. And your passions can just, you know, kind of change along with whatever season you're in. And so, wow. That'd wow, that's good. That. Go back and go back and watch that, replay that, because there's some gold in there that could, I, I think, that could change your life. Um, Whitney, question for you. Uh, I feel like I, I get this a lot, especially with with, with a lot a lot of people conversations that I have. Um, someone wrote in on Instagram. I feel like I've made a lot of mistakes in my early 20s, and I feel like I don't deserve the life that I always thought that I would have. Have ever felt that? Made a lot of mistakes in my life. I've, I've done a lot of things. I've, I've, I've hurt some people. People have hurt me. Um, and the life that I always dreamed of, I just don't think that it'll ever be enough for me because I, I've made too many mistakes. So how, how do you bounce back from that? Okay, I have an analogy for this one. Um, Andrew and Jerka, you're going to roll your eyes at me. So, but it's about my dog. <clears throat> and hey, Roman says that God speaks to you through his creation. So bye. <laughs> um, okay, so two years ago, we adopted our dog, and he is from Moriarty, New Mexico. And when we got him, he was scared. He wouldn't even look at you. He'd dart into the corner and be scared. He, I think he, like, pooped his pants, pooped on the pebbles. It was so sad. And so we go home. We take him home. Um, he starts coming around. We end up taking him up to... Um, the mountains of all places. And backstory, I like looked up where Moriarty, New Mexico is because I'm a stalker. I have to know. And it's desert. Like you do not want to live in Moriarty, New Mexico. If you've lived there, I am so sorry for you. So um, we take him up to the mountains and um, it's so green and there's this really big field and the mountains are like beautiful in the backdrop. And Kingston, my dog, is running around experiencing like so much life. He's hunting chipmunks. And I say all that to say, I'm like sharing this story actually to Corey. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like how God, what God does for us. Like he finds us in our stories that are like broken and in our desert places, broken, dry, gross, disgusting yeah. stories. And he brings us into a life that's full of life, flourishing. Um, and then I'll never forget what Corey told me back, and he's like, and what if you brought him up here and he didn't even engage in the experience? And I was like, that is so prophetic. Like, some of us come into a church and we sit with our arms crossed and we're only thinking about our stories and we're not engaging in the life that God wants to give you. Man, Amen. it says all throughout the Bible, like, God gives you a wide place to put your feet. And so just like, I think we sometimes come in, we're like, man, I messed up. And we see God's um, purpose for our life as a tightrope. And we're like, oh, we fell off. And it's like, no, I've given you this like wide open space. So like, just like enjoy the ride with me. And especially in your 20s, you're going to make so many mistakes. Right. I made so many mistakes in my 20s. Oh my gosh, I'm still like suffering consequences from mistakes I made. But just like trust him. And uh, yeah, there's a better life for you. So. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah, and we're, so we're, we're getting ton, tons of questions like on Instagram and, and texting in about, about relationships. Uh, and the only reason why we're not, we're not really answering those right now is because we start a four-week relationship series in two weeks. Um, so the Thursday after retreat, we're gonna be starting our relationship series and talking about all sorts of stuff. It's gonna be awesome. But a, a lot of the questions that are coming in are, are about like singleness. And so I, I will say this, um, you know, the, the, the saying, uh, I, I hate this saying, that don't look for the right one, be the right one. You know what I'm saying? Be, be the... 
Jesus. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's great. Uh, but here, here's, here's what I think. I think that your, your 20s in, in a season of, of singleness is that this is the greatest time for you to get healing. Greatest time to get healing. Like, kind of with what, what Whitney was talking about, like, so many of us kind of walk around as, like, shells of ourselves because of, like, so much shame that, that we have. And then we try to get in relationships, and, and we really, we put these people on a pedestal because, like, fix me, help me, change me. Um, but that person will hurt you at some point. Uh, and the higher the pedestal you put them on, the, the more it hurts when they fall. And so, like, you have to fight really hard in this season of life uh, to, to, to fight through, through shame and, and to get healing. And I feel like a lot of people find themselves like Adam, uh, where he had just partaken with the apple and, and he's hiding behind the bush and God's like wandering around like, Adam, where are you? Where are you? And it took for Adam to like stand up and say like, God, here I am. And then God could cover him. Um, and I think that's a lot of people in, in their 20s and the early 20s, like I've screwed up, man, I've slept with a lot of people, I've done a lot of things, I've looked at a lot of things, I've, I've talked to a lot of people in certain ways, I'm really ashamed. And so you just become this massive shell of yourself. Um, and what a beautiful time right now to just get healing, to, to get counseling. I can't afford it. Well, maybe, maybe, don't, uh, maybe don't subscribe to Netflix for a minute, or maybe don't get some coffees, because like your healing is the most important thing in your life right now. And so, like, man, if, if your 20s could be about healing and your singleness, because we all got junk that we could heal from, and, and I wish, I wish, uh, one day we'll be able to share more of our story, uh, but I wish I would have fought for more healing um, because I had to experience healing when I was 29 at the expense of my wife and my child. Um, and it could have been a lot different if I fought for that early on and, and I, like, exposed the shame in my heart. And we're going to talk a lot more about that in a few weeks, but, but maybe something like, man, in my 20s, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to experience healing, experience healing. Um, yeah, yeah, is that cool? Um, a, a question that, that, was, that was texted in, uh, Jerrica, um, sorry, a lot, wow, a lot of questions, y'all, I'm blowing up my phone, dear Lord. Um, how can I handle with the anxiety and depression that everything I had planned is not going as I dreamed for in my 20s, uh, being married, at least meeting someone, getting a good job, being successful in my career? So how, how can I handle the anxiety and depression with everything I had planned um, is not going how I thought that it would go? Um, this is like a tough question. I mean, I think, I think just in general, this isn't just about your 20s, but just in life, like plans just change and things just happen. And things that you can control, things that you can't control. And what I would say is first that there's a difference between fear of the unknown and anxiety. Like, I think a lot of, a lot of us um, identify with, like, it's like a word that we throw around in our culture now. Like, um, this table is out of place. It's giving me anxiety. Like, like you know what I mean? Like, I, I, we do that. And I, I just want to clear up that if you're, if you're struggling with anxiety and depression, like, that's a very real thing. And, and what you were saying about health, I think, I think you have to prioritize health. And if you're disappointed with your life, and the way that things are turning out, then you need to get alone with God or get alone with a counselor and deal with that one-on-one. -on -one. Like healing doesn't happen by you just wallowing in self-pity and in self-doubt and in fear. Like, in fact, one, one thing when I was going through a lot of counseling for my anxiety was my counselor of the things that I would list off that I was just traumatized over and like, this can't happen and I'm scared to death this is gonna happen. And she was like, well, it could. And I was like, Ugh. like, literally, you're the worst. I will not pay you today. <laughs> like, like, I was so irritated, honestly. Like, because I was like, what are you, like, that's terrible advice. And she was like, the sooner that you come to terms with that your life just could look that way, but you can only control you right now. Like, you can only control your mind and the way that your thoughts process your life. And so I would encourage you, yes, if you're struggling with real deep anxiety and depression, be honest with yourself. If you're in denial, like be honest with yourself and, and get help, but also like fight for healing, fight for it. Like there, I, 
I can say this with confidence because over the last year, I have like fought for my health. Um, and man, it's worth it. Like put all your effort, put all your money, put all your extra time into it. So. Wow, that's good. That's good. Uh, we, we just, we got time for a, a couple more. Um, so these are kind of a couple a little bit together, Connor. Uh, so recently I've been too focused on everyone's opinion about me. Can I get an amen, right? And I seek others when I need to make a decision instead of seeking God. Um, and, and, and someone else said, uh, how do I deal with judgment and shame from others who know what I used to do and used to be uh, like before I became rooted in Christ? So what's, how do we deal in this season of life with so many different opinions coming at us? Yeah, I think we live, we live in such a world where like, everybody has access to your life if you allow them to. Like, I, I was just talking to a friend in Texas who um, something got miscommunicated through their church, and now there's people, like, going after his character that have, like, never met him before and, like, throwing out, like, opinions about him and his family and even, like, his kids. And he's just like, wait, what? Like, what? Like, none of this is true or, like, like none of you guys even know me. And so we're so inundated with people's opinions, and we're we're so freely giving our opinions. And so I think, I think you have to be super selective on who you're like, I know your life. I've invited you into my life. Your words are gonna be the words that I allow to take root in my spirit to like form who I am. And I think it kind of goes back to those friendships or people that you allow in and, and being intentional with that is like, somebody's always gonna have an opinion. You know how many times we, uh, we get up here, we pray, we read our Bibles, we study. We're like, God, we want a word for young adults. We want them to be encouraged. And somebody who's just visiting from Wyoming comes in and they're like, I hated your message. And it's like, great, I hate you. So, uh, <laughs> no, no. There's but a it, door. But yeah, it's just like, man, have fun back in Wyoming. Never come back. Um, no, but it's just like, at first, I'll be honest, when I first started preaching and communicating, that would destroy me. Every single one of you could come up and be like, God spoke directly to me tonight, and my life will never be the same. And one person would come up and be like, I hated everything about that. And all I would think about is the one person that would be like, I hated that. And then I just learned that God's voice is bigger, and it honestly, like not the whole only God can judge me thing, but kind of like... God's opinion of you at the end of the day will be the only opinion that matters. And then, then your wife or your future spouse or your husband and then your kids and then that close group of people. And so, man, listen to the opinions that matter and ask them to be honest because maybe there, there are things in your life that need to change. Maybe you're not the greatest person walking the earth and there are things that kind of need to be shaped in you. But, but get that from people that you know actually care about you and then when it comes to that, that friend group where they make you feel shame for your old life, man, screw that. Like, seriously, the Bible says the two things that the enemy can't overcome is Jesus Christ and your story. And like, if people are throwing shade at you or making you feel bad for like, you used to be fun, you used to party, whatever, like, give it time, man, because they're gonna see your life flourish. They're gonna see God's hand on your life. They're gonna see blessing and favor in your life. And I promise you, it might not be tomorrow. It might not be next week or next month. There's gonna be a moment where if you keep showing up and you keep sticking it out with those people, they're gonna be like, what is it about you? Like you have something that's just different and it, it'll, it'll all be worth it. And so I don't know if I answered that question or not. But no, that's, that's great. That, that, that's that's great. Got. Hey, we got time for one more. Is that cool? Time for one more. Um, wait, this is for you. Speed round. What does it mean to give your life to Jesus, not just your night, your week, or your month, but what does it mean in my 20s to give my life to Jesus? Speed round. Um, what does it mean to give your life to Jesus? Um, oh, that's a tough question. Good luck. <laughs> Come on, Jerka, help me out. <laughs> um, I think it's... Because obviously God, everyone in here has like really good things about you and really not so great things about you and things that um, God has specifically made you to do and accomplish on the earth. 
um, and things that he hasn't made you to do and accomplish on the earth. And so I would just say, like, what does it mean to give your life to Jesus? Um, it's just surrendering all of it and saying, number one, I am going to be planted in the house of the Lord. Um, man, Psalm says that like those that are planted will flourish in the courts of our God. So if you're not serving here, if you're not in a life group here, you are missing out. I'm just saying that like as loving as I can. Um, so give your, give your life, be sold out for the church of Jesus. Um, man, there's so much blessing and obviously we're humans. We're not going to get it right, but man, just, yeah, love the local church um, and then number two, like, show Christ to people. Like, don't be the first one to share your opinion. Um, love, be kind, be all the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And some of you guys really need some self-control. <clears throat> <laughs> so I think that's what it means to, like, give your life to Jesus. And, like, it, it's so amazing. Like, You'll experience things you could never, you'll walk into rooms you could never be a part of apart from Christ. So, man, I believe in all of you guys. Yeah. Can I say something to add to that, too? I think, um, as you were talking, I was thinking about this. Um, I think a lot of us allow ourselves, like, uh, to let our, our fifis, our feelings. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I'm 30. I don't know if I can say that. Um, um, I think a lot of us allow our, our feelings to dictate how much we're going to love the Lord that day. And if you're asking how to, how to give your 20s to the Lord, then like, like, like you said, be planted and like unshakable. Like even if your feelings like waver, which they will, like, and even if your experience of church or church people or like whatever, I think we... We, we get offended and we're like, oh, that's just not for me and not today, God. And it's like, choose, like, have like a, a righteous, like, I'm gonna stay planted in God and I'm gonna give it every single day and what, as all my feelings ride the roller coaster that they just will, um, yeah, just stay grounded, stay grounded in his word and his house, yeah. It's awesome. Hey, can we all give it up for these three? Come on, give it up for him. This is great. That's it. Good job. Hey, y'all can stand to your feet. That was good, huh? Wow, that was really good. That was Fifi's, man. I heard Drake's coming out with that version in, in my Fifi's. It's going to be on bops. <sighs> well, hopefully the Lord spoke to you. Um, man, I, I really, I do think there's just some such powerful stuff. And I, I, I don't know, I don't know where, where you find yourself. I, I don't know what, what, what's going on in your heart and what's going on in your soul in this moment. Um, and, and maybe your 20s has, has been awesome. Maybe you find yourself in a season of life where your 20s has been really, really difficult and frustrating and, and filled with a lot of pain and hurt and, and mistakes. And, um, but can I tell you that, like, I, I believe that your 20s, the most defining decade of your life, is about drawing a line in the sand and saying, I will not move from this place. Like, because listen, if you don't draw a line in the sand for yourself, someone else will draw it for you. I, I was just in Brooklyn this past week, and I was at this secular festival, and the whole festival was revolved around marketing to your generation. So people from uh, Tinder and Instagram and Spotify, we were the only pastors there. They're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out how to, how to reach people. Um, Literally, at one point, someone asked me, what do, we, what do I do? I was like, I'm a pastor. She goes, oh, that's cool. Just walked away. Um, but, but the whole week was, how do we market to you? How do we get you to do what we want you to do? Right? So we, we live in a world that is marketing to us, trying to get us to live life the way that they want us to live. Right? They want to draw the line for us. And, and I think that a lot of people in their 20s right now, I think, just feel like 
tugged one way and then tugged the other way. And it's like this constant battle of, for your mind and for, for your money and for your attention. And can, can I, I just read this, this passage? I, I, read, I read the first verse of it uh, last week. And it's such a, a powerful verse of, of drawing a line in the sand for yourself and choosing who you're going to be. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. You want to worship God? You want to have purity in your worship? Offer yourself. Offer your body. Offer your entire life to him. And that's a pleasing and holy worship to him. And then it says, do not conform. Don't conform. Some of y'all, you, you, you want a relationship with Jesus. You love Jesus, but you also really love the world. And at some point, you're going to have to draw that line for yourself. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. You want to know what God's plan for your life is? Then do not conform to what someone else calls you to do. If you want to know what God's plan for your life is and what he's calling you to, then submit your life to his authority. Submit your life to, to his plan. Make him Lord over your life, and then everything else will begin to fall into place. Listen, your 20s is understanding who God created to me, me to be, being confident in that, and not straying from it. Okay, because everyone else would try to dictate who you were created to be. And a lot of people will look at you based off of your circumstances, based off of your mistakes and say, that's who you are. So live like that. No, no, no. That you are a child of God. Can, can I tell you something? That Listen, before you were in your mother's womb, God planned out his purpose for you. Listen, this is important. That before you were even born, God planned his purpose for you. And then God created you with all your gifts your abilities, your talents, your looks to fulfill that purpose. Come on, I mean, think, think about it. That God, he put in place for you exactly what he wanted you to do, and then he created you exactly for that with your looks, with every last part of you. But the world is trying to push you in all sorts of directions. Your 20s is about defining who you are, who God created you to be, being confident in that, and not straying from that, Amen. Lord, we thank you so much for this time. God, I pray, Lord, that you would uh, speak to us, Lord, um, challenge us. God, we just, we love you and we trust you in this moment, but Lord, with, with heads bowed and eyes closed, I never want to um, leave a, an environment like this and not give someone an opportunity to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You, you're in here, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, and the most defining moment of your life will be right now. You've looked... In every direction you've looked behind every door, you've gone from person to person, substance to substance, job to job, always looking but never finding. But you found yourself in a place like this today and you know that your heavenly father who created you and prepared good works in advance for you is speaking to you, is calling you into relationship with him. You're in here tonight, you don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you say, Andrew, I wanna start one. If that's you, would you slip up your hands so we can pray for you? Come on, praise Jesus. I see you. I see you. Wow. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Hands up all over. If that was you in here and you raised your hand, just begin to pray to Jesus in your own simple words. Um, you don't have to say anything special, anything perfect. Just, just tell him, God, I'm, I'm a sinner. God, I want to give my life to you. I believe that you went to the cross for me. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you're the only way to heaven. And you'll be saved. God, we love you, Lord, and it's our absolute honor in these next few moments to worship you. And everybody said, amen. Let's worship you.